culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Welcome back to Hashtag No Filter. I'm Zach Peter, and I almost didn't make it into studio tonight because my Uber driver was kind of hot, and I was a little distracted, and I was like, oh, my God, I might I might have to leave Rain hanging tonight because I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it all the way down to the studio. I, I think I, I'm, I'm only going to get as far as this back seat. <laughs> Uh, You can find your own hot Uber driver by downloading the Uber app and using code UberNoFilter, and you'll get $20 off your first ride, everybody. So go. there are plenty of hot Uber drivers out there just waiting for you. I had a job to get to, and I had a job to come from, so I couldn't because, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional, but I have somebody on today, somebody back on today, who's going to be talking to me about love and sex and making relationships happen and whether or not I should have slept with my Uber driver. I mean, maybe maybe I shouldn't have because I might have just screwed up that connection, but we we will find out momentarily. Today's guest uh, was on last year. She is an award-winning social entrepreneur. She is an author of a couple books, and she has a new one that she's going to be coming out with soon that I want to chat with her about. She's the founder and CEO of Good Clean Love, and her organic products are sold and endorsed by physicians nationwide. I love the Good Clean Love lubrication, and last time um, I passed out some of her love oils to some of the co-hosts on the show, and we've been using them, so I want to update her on that too. Um, she's also a well-known blogger on topics of love, sexual health, and positivity, and her work has been featured on many different sites, such as Care2.com, Huffington Post, Your Tango. Please welcome, back on Hashtag No Filter, Wendy Sturgar. Thanks for having me, Zach. What a nice introduction. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for being on the show today. I'm really excited to chat with you. I feel like there's so much there's so much sexual energy going on within me right now and I just I need to let it all out. Yeah, you definitely should. But with the right people, right? I mean okay. that's the key is like So I shouldn't right have slept with my Uber driver. You know, I can't tell you the number of stories I hear from people um who um have sex with strangers and then wonder why they feel bad. So it's like weird, you know, it's like things are like 
super backwards, like upside down, inside out, you know, and I know this is kind of like the future, but I feel like we have, you know, and maybe I'm just like, you know, sort of some some age old icon, but Mm -hmm. I think that there was a reason that we had relationships, like even, okay, how about just go to dinner? Like know somebody's favorite color or yeah. like what it is that anything, know anything about them because, you know, here's the thing. Sex is really good when it has a container that holds it, you know? Right. So, and the relationship is the container and without the container, you know, it's exciting, right? Because you mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen, right? but really literally anything could happen. And it's kind of a free fall situation. Okay. Well, let's get into our first our, our, our first segment. Before we get into it too deep, I want to play swipe left, swipe right with you. Um, and so basically, it's a game of thumbs up, thumbs down. So I'm going to have some topics mm-hmm. that I'll bring up, and you let me know whether you're pro or against, okay? Okay. So for what's really big right now, everybody's on OkCupid, uh, Tinder, Grindr, uh, all of these different dating apps where you basically swipe, you know, you, you hit a green or a red button and whether or not you think they're attractive based off of two sentences in their photos. So Wendy, are you, are you, do you swipe left or swipe right to it's all definitely these? definitely swipe left on that. Really? Yeah. Why? Because there's just no way, like with a hundred characters, that you can decide, like, this person is the right person or the wrong person. Right. And I just think it's kind of like texting breaking up or texting, you know, emotional stuff. It's like when we limit our language to no language, then we're fucked. Right. Literally fucked. Yeah. So, but don't you feel like it's a, at least a great way to meet people? The thing is, is are we meeting people or are we fucking people? That's true. So a lot of those apps are not about meeting people. They're about fucking people. That's you true. Know? So, uh, you know, I'm not about fucking people. I And I think that, you know, I, I love fucking. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't we but, all? You know, but, um, but I don't want to be fucked. And like by a stranger who has, who, who doesn't care about me. It's like, ooh, gross, horrible. I did that in my early years and I still have horror, horror memories from it. Why do you think it is that so many young people, like that's I, I feel like your 20s are your time to hook up. A lot of older people did it in their 20s and a lot of 20 year olds now, it's all about, you know it's all about the more the more I can get the better but it's yeah. never it's never any good. So why is it still, why isn't it a pattern that's been broken by now? Um, well, I think, you know, that's a really complicated question, but, you know, I think for one, on on the one hand, um, we have suffered with dysfunctional relationships and for many, many years, for decades, right? So I'm not like saying, hey, in the 50s and 60s, everybody had it right. Right. And, you know, we should go back to that. You know, there have been unhappy relationships since forever. Um, but I think what happened for a lot of young people today is that relationships became not only challenging and difficult in many ways, but also deeply untrustworthy because their parents just, like, didn't show up. They didn't show up for their partners. They didn't show up for, for the kids. Yeah. It's like there was a lot of abandonment, you know. And yeah. so, I, you know, I think, and I grew up in a situation like that, and so I think it makes you do one of two things. It makes you either decide I'm not going there 
and I'm not going to even play part of that game. Or it makes you decide that you want to try to figure out what the fuck is this thing called family, you know? Right, right. And uh, that's the way I went, and I have to say I'm glad I did, but it definitely was not without its pain and sacrifice. That's it. That's a really interesting point. So you are, so you complete, do you completely swipe left to, to hooking up at all? Uh, you know, here's the thing. I have had some knee buckling kisses with people I hardly knew Mm -hmm. that are very fine memories. Um, but those are much more few and far between than with the assholes that uh, could care less about me or my safety or my sexual safety. Right. Um, and I did a lot of erotic damage to myself um, in those early hookups. And I think there's an amazing amount of erotic damage that's really long-lasting for people that they don't understand really how damaging those things can be. So what does that that's mean, erotic right damage? What you know, when you like are repeatedly in situations where you feel disrespected and, you know, it's like here's the thing, when you're sexual, you are like completely out there. You right. are naked. You are buck naked. Right. And somebody is inside of you. So there's really like, or you're going down on somebody and their dick is in your mouth. Okay. So there, there's no way to be closer to somebody than in a sexual act. Than in their mouth, yeah. Or, or having somebody inside of you. Yeah. Deeper still, right? Like, literally in your core, right? So it's like, I I feel like that, and, and there's, a, and, and so that kind of exchange is profoundly vulnerable and also deeply erotic because in order to really get passionate in that space, you have to like let your fantasy life go. You have to right. like envision all kinds of things, you know, and uh, and that's like deep. I, I think it's deep spiritual work, right? You know, to be in that kind of space with somebody, and um, and I think that uh, you know that it's impossible to really have that be good with a stranger, like just a, a, a full-on stranger that could give a shit about you. I don't, right. it's hard for me to understand how, how you could let go deeply enough to have that work. Yeah. So I think what happens is that a lot of hookup sex is a lot about play acting. It's about yeah. being guarded and about like always thinking about how does it look and playing roles, but very rarely ever really being yourself because you can't afford to be yourself. And, you know, I think that there's a fantasy element about play acting, which can be fun, but it's not fulfilling. And, you know, statistically, um, there's very little orgasm going on in first-time sex, unless you're completely drunk or high or wasted in some other way. I mean, that's the other thing is is that a lot of hookup sex is highly associated with um, a lot of drug and alcohol use because That's true. it's really hard to get that naked until you're until you're like yeah, and then you when you're no when you're yeah when you're inebriated you know? you're you're yeah all of that goes yeah. out the window and you can so, you can go to that yeah, place. Yeah, but then it's like you know men don't function very well sexually when they're totally fucking wasted. Yeah, and women don't feel anything, or at least they don't remember what they're feeling, and so the exchange is it's far from lucid. Then there's all this weird play acting going on, and 
you know, um, not to mention the disease quotas, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't see the appeal. You know, I think, I was, Zach, I think that what's really lost on the younger generation is how sexy it is to be with somebody before you have sex, like full on awake. Uh-huh. Somebody who's actually really attracted to you and is listening to you and looking in your eyes and laughing when you say something even mildly funny is really fucking sexy. It is. I like for me, I've at least gotten to the point. I mean, I've done a lot of of, of hooking up. I think I started fair I started hooking up fairly young, probably when I was about like 16 and it, that went mm-hmm. on until I was about 20, but now I'm not as into that I'm I would rather go on a date and have dinner with somebody than have sex with somebody I would rather appreciate somebody's time and conversation and actually you know talk to somebody and get to know them and if it's it's an awful date and the chemistry is off then you know what it was just a shitty experience and I move on but at least you know I put myself through that and I was able to form or at least try to form some sort of connection you know versus just trying to have a halfway decent orgasm well, I mean, if you can even do that with all the conditions required, but it's like, here's the thing, you know, this is, this was true when I was young and it's still true. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a, a quintessentially erotic, blissful space right before the real thing. You know, that's why, like, you know, I think some of the sexiest filming that you can find is like, where you kind of see like he's going in for the nape of the neck yeah. or, or you're seeing like the curve of a hip or like even, you know, the pants he's going up over the inner thigh. It, it's like, it's like the things that we anticipate about sex are where we wake up to what it is to live as a really sort of charged, erotically charged person. And so when you go to dinner with somebody and you're chatting it up and you have some laughs and you think about the nape of her neck or he, she thinks about your muscles, your arm muscles, or it's getting sexy right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the thing that I think also is lost in the hookup Tinder grinder culture is that, you know, once you go over that edge, there's no going back. Yeah. You know, so you you give up all the opportunities of the of the getting to know eroticism by diving into something that, you know, a lot of times you have no business being there. And if you knew the person better, I'd say at least half the time you would probably not fuck them. That's true. That that's actually really really true, and and I think that's a big part of the reason why the sex is just, or at least is a, a small reason of why the sex is bad. I mean, despite it's, the fact that it's like a big you don't reason. know, it's a big reason because you can't really. Um, it's very hard to know that 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 kind of connection in a second. It's very hard to know that. That's true. So another another big. Uh, another big thing that a lot of uh, young people and millennials are into now, and I think even, uh, you know, people in their, you know, 30s and um, pushing 40s that's become really big with technology is sexting, is sending dirty pictures and dirty videos and, and dirty text messages. Are you, do you swipe left or swipe right, right to sexting? Do you think it? 
you know, again, you know, I'm kind of probably showing my age and maybe I sound prudish, <laughs> but I, you know, I think swipe left. I mean, it's weird to me that you would give away that part of yourself for free, for nothing. Why would you give that away? Huh, like, it's like, what do you get back? That's true. I, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, Zach, you know, I just was telling you that I have kids and I don't know if I did it right or wrong, but they'll tell me about some of their friends, you know, that, that send these kind of sex pictures or whatever. And a couple of times my daughter was in a place with them, you know, they're all having sleepovers and they're taking pictures and, and then she comes home and she's kind of like a little teary. She's like, you know, it like always goes over the edge with these people. Like where it's like, I'm kind of having fun. And then they take these pictures and I don't want those pictures in the world. Right. I don't want them to send them to whoever, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why my daughter has that and her friends don't. I don't know, you know, but I'm, I'm glad she does because, you know, whatever. It's like you put that shit out in the world, especially in the way social media is today. You have no idea where that picture or that message is going to land. And so many people are sending them to people they don't know. You know what I so mean? Weird. And when you don't yeah. know somebody and you're sending all of these dirty pictures and photos, like they have no respect for you when you're doing that so early in the relationship. So they don't yeah. care whether or not this gets around. Mm-hmm. Like there's no discretion there anymore. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I can't speak. But, you know, I think that there is a great emptiness and a great need that many young people are trying to fill. And so, you know, we live in a culture. And so we think, oh, everybody's doing this. This must yeah. do it. But, um, but I, you know, that is never going to fill that space ever because what we really want is relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're desperate for intimacy. is people who care us. Yeah. You know, who care about us. Yeah. Intimacy. Being seen, truly seen for who we are. But that's scary. And that somebody cares that somebody would care about who we really are. You don't think a lot of young people are afraid of that? I feel I like okay, that, let I, me let me answer I think that they for desperately myself. Desperately want it and they're afraid that they will never have it. Yeah. I think that's for me, it's something that I didn't have, and it's something that I want, but I'm afraid I'm afraid of trying and not getting it, and then I'm afraid of trying and actually getting it because I've never had it, so I don't know what it means. I don't know what it's like to, to have that. It's true, and I think you're not alone, Zach. I think that's, that's extremely common, and I think actually the fact that that is kind of the state of things is fairly terrifying. And it's like the state of things, not just because of these sex apps, but, you know, I mean, I don't know, when you were a kid, don't you remember going to the video store? You'd run into girls there, you know? I mean, there, you know, there were all kinds of ways before technology sort of usurped these parts of our lives. You know, you used to have to go study. You'd actually have to go to the library to find shit out. You didn't just find it in your own little hole in your little room yeah. on, a, on a computer. And so it's like I could point to a hundred ways that that even in just small little ways we were relational that we're not anymore. That's true. You know? And um, And, you know, and then we communicate. Instead of talking on the phone, we text. And so we have like what a hundred, two hundred, like little words that we can say. Yeah. We don't even have two hundred. We have two hundred characters. 
you know? And so it's like all about minimizing communication. It's like everything we do, we're trying to minimize. And so much gets lost in that translation. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like my kids, I would see it all the time, like where somebody would be texting them, especially somebody of the opposite sex. And then suddenly the text would just drop off. So it's like, you guys don't even have any fucking rules for texting. And so when it drops off, it's like, well, shit, then suddenly there's like this red flag. What's wrong with me? Or, yeah. you know, you or, or like, you know, we're still like girls who are so mean to each other anyway, then they do it publicly. You know, it's like this girl's not included and everybody in the whole fucking Instagram world knows about it, you know? Um, and so it's like, I think that stuff makes us more anxious to relate. It's like true. all the ways we don't relate kind of teaches us to not try to relate. It's like kind of sick and twisted. But. Yeah, I think, I mean, because I think technology and social media, all of that has has brought a lot of good. It's brought a lot of progression and innovation, and, and it's really allowed us as a society and as a culture to grow. But at the same time, I feel like it's also really damaging our relationships. Nobody talks to each other anymore. Like, nobody... I don't know how many people I've met, how many friends I have that... Well, I don't have many friends, so let's not even... Yeah. How many people you I've met friends. that... How many people I've met that don't like to talk on the phone? Everything's like, just text yeah. me. Just text me. Or, and, I'm, and for me... I'm just like, like, why, like, why, like, it, it, because know, it's so it's easy true. to drop off a conversation over a text message, or because it's so easy to 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 have control over, you know, certain parts of the conversation over a text message versus actually facing it and having but, a conversation with somebody. Well, so I mean, I've done a lot of writing and thinking about this, and I, you know, I agree with you. I think that, you know, learning how to communicate is something you learn. And if you don't practice it, then you ha- then you don't learn it, right? So, yeah. so I think people become increasingly uncomfortable because they have not developed their skill base to really communicate. Yeah. And, you know, and I've seen it actually with my kids too, you know, and it's definitely been increasing over years where it's almost like there's these thresholds. Well, no, I can't call her yet. You know, we're texting. That's like, there's like, there's like these unspoken sort of rules. And I don't even know if anybody even really knows what they are about when you can cross this threshold, when you can start talking to somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like I saw that with my daughter. Well, it's like, okay, well now we're talking on the phone, which is like kind of like how it used to be where it's like, well, it was kind of a thing, but it's not really a thing if you're talking on the phone, then you got to go to whatever that next threshold is. And then, you know, you hang out publicly and then you're still talking on the phone and then maybe you're a thing, but not a thing you'd put a name to. And then, right. you know, I mean, I've been watching this and really trying to grok it. And, um, and I think it's, um, I, I, I think that the loss of this has not even really begun to be felt. I think that uh, in a lot of ways we're creating a culture um, where we are, um, we're lost without each other. And, um, and, you know, I, I, this was an analogy that was made a long time ago and I see it continuously. And I think it has a lot to do with all the violence and the craziness. You know, I think that when, when people used to talk to each other more, you kind of knew a little bit more when something was up with somebody, you know, and we don't, we don't know. I mean, People don't talk. 
No, so it's every- like people people hit these points of extreme desperation and loneliness, and they fucking get a gun, and bingo, there we go. And it happens all the time. It's like it's like normative in this country. Yeah, you know? there's and no nobody makes connections anymore. Nobody. Uh, yeah. the, you know, there was somebody who wrote a long time ago about the idea about technology that was moving at a pace that that was so far outpacing our humanity. And and that and that's the that's the world that you guys have inherited is um, is a world that is so technologically advanced and so subpar advanced about what it is to be human and and being human is being relational. Well, because nobody knows how to be human and where everything's all about, you know, keeping up appearances on social media and on Instagram and and, mm-hmm. and being this character mm-hmm. of yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think in a lot of ways it can Very be lonely. good. Yeah, it can be good in a lot so of ways, lonely. but I feel like it also really damages your sense of self and it damages totally. your your relationships around you. Yeah, no, it does. It's that it doesn't like, you know, whatever you see people like even actually when they finally do go on a date, right? Like this is like the most tragic thing. And, and, and there's these two people sitting across from each other and they're on their fucking phone. Yeah. Nobody. Right. I mean, and so it's like, we have all kinds of like no phone rules at the table. That's good. Um, whenever my kids are home and you know, it's like, it's, I think it's kind of a, an interesting irony because we're addicted to our phones partly because we're alone and we don't want to miss something, right? Right. So we don't want to miss this text from the Uber driver. Or we don't <laughs> want to miss. We don't want to miss like you know some event that might be going on that we'd only know because we were on Instagram. We don't want to miss being part of something, right. and yet the longing to not miss something. And like you said, the way we we're always presenting ourselves as though. Everything's all like hunky dory, even even if we're dying inside, right? And and so nobody really knows even to come reach out because nobody asks. You know, nobody says I I need something. Right. You know, I I need to be with somebody. Nobody knows how to do you know, that anymore. It's pretty basic. I need to be with somebody. You know, but but the thing is, is that I think that the more that you don't take those risks of having conversations, the more that you don't find language for your feelings, the more that you hide who you are behind a social media persona, then the scarier it is to try any of those things. Everybody knows how to do those things. Right. They're innate in us. So what do you, what we, would you we say? We don't trust ourselves. We don't trust ourselves to do them, that, you know? So what would you say, what advice do you have to millennials right now? So obviously technology is not going away. These apps aren't going away. If anything, it's just becoming more prevalent and more common. So what advice would you give them on how to, how to build better relationships and how to actually find love that they actually like or, or that, that's actually meaningful? Um, you know, Zach, I know it's going to be so corny and people are going to be like, <laughs> really like uh, get this woman off the air. Um, but I think actually a lot of the fear stems from people's separation from themselves. You know, so, you know, when you meet somebody and they just, they were well-loved, they grew up in a fairly balanced situation, they, they have themselves. They can be alone without having to be on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, those people are rare, but... They're out there, right? You know, and um, and I think that 
to the degree that we all could cultivate even a tiny smidge of that. I mean, you know, here I am, I'm 55. I'm twice the age of most of the people who would be listening to you. Mm. And it's taken me decades to do this, right? But, you know, I have worked really hard on my kids to really try to get them to be okay who they are, you know, just to like live in themselves and, and, and feel like they're worthy, you know? So when you start from a place like that, then you actually believe that, that love is available to you. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't have that, then, you know, you're constantly trying to fill a bucket that has a hole in it. Right. And, and you never really feel like anything is coming in. You never reach that that level you you're never satisfied it's never it's nothing's ever enough because your needs are never met and you're never able you to can't, you can't even you can't even i mean like i think a lot more people are good at giving love than they are at receiving love e- and that's actually sort of like the tragedy of our time because because yeah. the truth is like you know many many people even people listening to the show who are doing tinder and all this stuff have like a truckload of love coming to them that they will never recognize that they will say doesn't look like the right kind right or you know and really that has so much to do with kind of coming to a place of fullness in yourself so that you believe that you are lovable on any level you know that you are worthy of respect you know, that, that, that friends aren't just people who, like, comment on your stupid picture, but, yeah. like, will help you move a couch, you know, and, and, and grab dinner with it's you when, funny you're, when how you're lonely. Many, yeah, it's funny how many friends, quote-unquote friends that people have that won't help you move a couch. And that just goes, yeah, that's no, a testament to not, I mean, the, you know, the, I think Facebook completely fucked that word, friends. Yeah. It's like, we need, no, we need totally. a new word that is actually a friend. And again, that's relational. Yeah. And the truth is that, you know, we don't get millions of friends in the life. That's so true. the idea that you have 700 friends online or whatever, I mean, I have hundreds of friends online too. I mean, and whatever, I see their pictures, but yeah. those people are not my friends. I mean, you know, I know them, I've met them or whatever, but I have a handful of people that I really love. And that if they called me in the middle of the night, I'd get up and I'd go to them. Yeah. And I and I would do something for them. You know, and, and if you have a handful of real friends, then you know, build relationships with them. And you, you know, don't need don't, many of don't them. Don't go on don't go online with them and be looking at other people's lives. Actually go out and be in the world. Take a walk in the wind. You know, like right. actually have it be three D. You know? That's actually the other piece of advice is that we so rarely live in 3D. You know, it's like we play these, it's like games online are like more well attended than, than sports events now. And it's so it's like, there's so many ways we're not even embodying our own life. You know? And, and so we, 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 we don't even notice what we're eating or, or feel what's like, what's happening, the weather, or it's like, it's just, basic stuff. How, how does it feel to live in your body? You know, um, to catch a ball with your hands and not on a screen, you know, to, 
you know. I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, all so of these things like, that we're forgetting. Um, and I, I think that's such a great point. And we need to make an effort, you know, and we don't need a lot of friends. We don't need a lot of relationships, but just those few that we can have, that we can work toward, that, that we, we can work build. On those. Exactly. You know? That we and continue then that to grow them. gives you practice right. to, like, actually get into a real relationship with somebody of the opposite sex and have dinner and take a walk and hear what they're about and go watch a movie and do stuff so that then when you dive into bed, you have some context that's holding you. And, you know, you don't have to be wasted. And you might have some of the best sex of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I, trust me, Wendy, I wish I could talk. I mean, I could talk about this with you for hours and, and the importance mm-hmm. of, of building these relationships. But I just wanted to uh, to, to thank you for coming on and to speak in, in speaking. I know you feel like, um, you know, you said it a couple of times on the show, how you feel like maybe your 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 mindset is a little different from, from millennials. But I think you're, that idea of of building these relationships and how that can translate to to deeper, more um, intimate relationships with people. And then that's how we have better sex. I think that's a great concept that a lot of people needed to hear, especially a lot of young people. So thank you for coming on and speaking to that. I just want to say, like, it's not fucking rocket rocket science. No, it's not. I mean, all of the greatest literature, the most beautiful films and, and, you know, um, poetry... it's like this is like actually what it is to be human and alive and you know so my new book I told you about sex that works yes you know kind of a guide to getting erotic and awakening arousal and all that it's all about how do we how do we become how do we learn to feel yes how do we learn to feel who we are really and and um and I think people need to learn how to do that absolutely yeah it's like through our feeling body that we actually have good sex Absolutely. And then, you know, I have that other book that's called Love That Works um, because, you know, the truth is that love and work is the cornerstone of what it is that makes us human. And um, and it's okay to, like, want to work at your relationships. Absolutely. That doesn't mean they're bad. That means that they're healthy when you have to work at them. Absolutely. And, Wendy, what's your website so that people can go and read your blog and so, read your articles and learn more about your books? Yeah, so uh, my writing site where we have tons of beautiful articles about every topic you'd want to read is makinglovesustainable.com. And then, you know, we have that beautiful lube and yes. we have a beautiful new, guess which what? Which I love. I'm gonna, what? I'm going to have, listen, you know, CBD, which is like the medicinal part of cannabis? Yeah. Anyway, we're going to have the first CBD lube on the market. What? So excited. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay, I need I to know. try that. Yeah, I'm going to have to send you some. Because <laughs> I, I love the classic yeah. one. I love the classic one. I need yeah. to reorder. Okay, and that's Good Clean Love, and people can learn about that at goodcleanlove.com, right? Exactly, yep. Perfect. Thank you so much, Wendy, for, Zach, for coming on. it's always on. a pleasure. Call me anytime. I would love to talk to you whenever. Of course. Thank you so much, Wendy. Everybody needs to go check out Good Clean Love. I love their products, and I'm super excited about these these new products that they have coming out and about Wendy's new book. So go and check out Wendy Sturgar, and be sure to check out Good Clean Love. Thank and you, guys. And making love sustainable. Yes, Thanks, making Zach. love sustainable. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes um, and listen to us every every Wednesday. We're here. I'm here for you. 30 minutes of your life is spent with me, and you know that you love it. Don't forget to follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. 
And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.